This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to our little podcast here where we are deconstructing stocks. We're deconstructing. Oh gosh. It's my new We're word. We're deconstructing. That's your new word yeah. of the And then we and then we um and then we curate. Oh god. First we deconstruct. Dad, that's a little uh that's a little and 4 years ago. Yeah, that's oh, I know. That's so 4 years ago. Curate's a little so, old. Also pivot. Pivot's a little old. Pivot. Oh my god, yeah. Deconstruct. So, I'll give you deconstruct. You're allowed to use that one. <laughs> Got any other so, buzzwords? No, not not right now. Um, I don't. <laughs> I wish I had a couple more to throw into the mix, but those are all that came to mind. We are we are really in the middle of um let me see. We're in the middle of about a 15-year podcast run. Okay. So, right? So we're about 8 years into it. Something like that. Is that a joke about how long it feels or? No, it's how long it's going to go. What's that a slam sure. on? Is that a slam on? <laughs> You're tired surely, of it? <laughs> surely I can do another seven. Or you want to do a million more. It's hard to tell. Yeah, I think I, think I want to hit a thousand. Let's, let's shoot for 1,000 podcasts. We're at podcast 415 cool. right now. We do a thousand podcasts. That would be cool. And on the thousands, we'll just go out in like a blaze of smoke and it'll just, all you'll hear is a firework. Yeah. And then we'll like I, never talk to anyone ever again. I feel a little bit like, you know, like Howard Stern must have felt, although we're quite a lot smaller in terms of our audience, but they get on and just talk about stuff, right? Yeah. He and Robin, well, I mean, things that are quite entertaining and obscene usually, but you know, just stuff for, for his entire career. Just stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Except our yeah. stuff is just investing stuff that I want to know our about. Our stuff is investing stuff too. Although we certainly have some obscenities going on in the investing world we could talk about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to uh, say what? no, but I really <laughs> want to talk about chat GPT. So tell okay. me what, but that was very confusing. What well, are the I'm obscenities? just saying that when you watch, when you watch advertisements on uh, on television or on wherever they're putting them these days, from from Main Street financial firms, main you know Wall Street financial firms that are sort of the main thrust of the whole financial services industry, mm-hmm. what what they're doing is a kind of version of pornography. It's it's okay because in pornography, in essence unless you're really naive, uh, it's fake, mostly. Well, from the girl's side, anyway. <laughs> you got to say. I'm deeply Whereas, uncomfortable. Uh, I'm sure you are. Yes. But Let's the, move away the from thing is, the Well, topic. I have to finish the thought, obviously. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And that is that what they're presenting to us in these advertisements is, you know, we're going to take care of your financial future, 
you're going to be living on a beach, you know, come to us and we'll do all these wonderful things. When now it's been really care, it's been really proven that the vast majority of the work that goes under the term of financial advice could be replicated with a, a, a robo computer, a robo advisor like Betterment or Wealthfront for, you know, a, a fraction of the cost with the same out, exact result. And you could even replace Betterment and RoboAdvisor just by going out and buying SPY. And I mean, this is like, this is like known. This is, you know, what, the first hundred episodes of our podcast or something. Um, yeah. This was the beginning of my financial education. This yes. is why those robo-advisors became so popular so quickly and so successful and made huge amounts of money and Betterment sold for like $7 billion, something like that. So, But even then, even then, people are not as confident as they should be that they can they can handle the solution themselves. We've been so attuned by well, that's all Well, because those robo-advisors don't do that. What do you mean they don't do that? They don't have people handle it themselves. They advise on what people should be doing. Yeah, but people have to handle it themselves to go there. Right, yes, totally. They have yeah. to do that, and that's a step too far for a lot of people. They have so little confidence in their own uh, own understanding of what's oh, going on. Oh, I have on to correct there. myself because I was totally wrong. <laughs> betterment, it wasn't betterment. It was Wealthfront was that wealth I was front? thinking of. One point four billion, way below oh, there you go. what I was saying. There you go. Okay, just but the, the whole point is that most people don't have the confidence to even choose to go to Wealthfront or Betterment and and just let a robo computer do it. They they somehow feel like ah, uh, this person that I'm going to pay one percent to. Yeah has more to help me with yeah when they don't or or maybe they do right so that's where the discernment comes certainly well if they do they certainly aren't working with you (laughs) i'll tell you that anybody listening to this podcast they're not working with you if they know what they're doing okay because if they know what they're doing they're going to work with very very rich people and make a lot of money doing it they're not going to work with somebody that's got a hundred thousand dollars or three hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars the yeah. good ones that's no way that's enough money so how does this lead so, into what does it lead into i was just talking about financial pornography you were just upset about the commercials no i was just chatting oh okay and there we went i just went down <laughs> that little rabbit hole got it and made you uncomfortable <laughs> do you need to go Very. get a safe space I'm going to bring my safe space to myself. Here we go. Feeling good. Feeling safe. Not going to talk about pornography with my dad anymore. Good. Closed. You're not so bad. You're not so bad. You're not so bad. Oh, Um, Lord. So, okay. Onward to chat GPT. Well, yeah, because this is what I was excited about because I looked it up after. Do we have Nuno? No, no, not today. Um, too bad we are hoping that we can get Nuno to come talk to us maybe next episode we'll see depending on his schedule because he's an expert in machine learning and artificial intelligence and that is what Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this stuff is so but I did like spend a bit of time talking to him about it and trying to get a sense and reading online a little bit of stuff so this makes a heck of a lot more sense to me now what ChatGPT is, is a chatbot, 
like it's a chat bot just the way every little pop-up chat you're bot is. You're saying that like those of us who, you're saying like we know what a chat bot is. It's like yeah, you do though. GPT That's what I'm saying store. it to you. So when uh, you're on a, a website, bot? when you're on a website that's trying to sell you something or that has customer service or something, often a little pop-up will come up and it'll be a little chat screen and it'll say like, how can I help you decide like which hair color to buy today or whatever it is that you're looking at. Those things and, are universally idiotic. Right. But that is what a chat bot work. is. That's what it okay, is. You type bot. it in in your own normal language and a computer responds to you in normal language. <laughs> and they and have spins. canned responses. But mm-hmm. what ChatGPT is, is a million trillion times more sophisticated version of that i assumed when you started telling me about it that it was a search engine it's not a search engine at all it doesn't search the web it doesn't even have access to the web i also assumed that it learns and it doesn't actively learn in the same way that i think of machine learning so it's more like a the way this is described here on the eteha website eteha is the um, Swiss University in English, it's ETH, which is um, like it's like the MIT of of Europe, and they describe it as uh, a generative language algorithm. So yeah. it works like the autocomplete function on text messages like on that, your phone. That really helped me. I was with you, like okay, it's like a chatbot, and then you went generative. What? Yeah. So it works like the on, when you're writing a text on your phone and you get autocomplete, it works like that. So wow. it suggests the next words. And so the way this particular chatbot works is it generates language one word at a time in a certain style that you can tell it to, to generate the language in, which is what made chatbot like really fun for everybody. So what it will do is provide like a reasonably grammatically correct sentence in English that may, when you actually read the meaning of it, may not mean anything that makes sense. Or it might make like three quarters sense, but not all the way. Um, So like an example that they have here is where it like clicks on the first suggested word that it might have is I will arrive at home office in about an hour to get to the university, which is almost grammatically correct, but doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> like it doesn't actually that. mean anything. I don't anything. see those kinds of sentences in, in chat GPT at all. Well, that's how it works, which means that it's really good at making sentences that make sense. Mm-hmm. So, What it says is it was trained on a huge amount of text, which was put into it. Huge, massive, massive, massive. And Nuno said it's probably multiple layers of algorithms that are then sort of iterating on each other. And that's how it can create these often seemingly very, maybe totally correct answers, but also maybe not correct answers in certain styles. And, um, and so what this says well, how is, does, how does it is 
This is from Etehaz website. Listen, how does it, how does Let it, me get to that it, in just a second. So on. what it says uh, is, uh, uh, wait, wait. Let, I'll get to that in just a second. How does it hallucinate? I heard you. So what it okay. says is GPT is highly plausible fiction, which oftentimes happens to be factually correct. Oh, what I <laughs> So the way that, that it hallucinates, which I find to be a fascinating word because it's quite, it has negative connotations. Um, which you said came from the head of Google or somebody at Google. Yeah, I think. So I looked up what ChatGPT is. It's funded by Microsoft. It's not owned by Microsoft, but it's funded directly from Microsoft. So Google, whoever that person was, was talking about their competition that Microsoft is going to integrate into Office. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're way short on the research side. No, no, no. So, that's correct. <laughs> do you like, mind if I interject facts Oh, for a second? Hold on. Just let me interject some facts. First off, this chat GPT comes from a company called OpenAI, which yeah. is designed to be a nonprofit and have open source code. Which is funded Microsoft by Microsoft. Then, Microsoft then came in and started funding them. The yeah. head of their development came from Google. And okay. Okay. In other words, all of this stuff that they're starting with came out of Google to begin with. So, and their engineers came out of Google. So this is all Google driven to begin with. And then ChatGPT comes out of a development from that point on, which is parallel and competitive with what Google is developing, which exactly. they call BARD. So yeah. let's get the record. Those are Google facts. Didn't, Google wasn't just standing there going, what the hell just happened there? They they are very deeply involved in OpenAI's development because it came from Google. Well, it sounds like people came from Google, and then yeah, Google but, has their own competitive. And, and they brought everything with them in their heads. Right. They've been working at Google for years. But the, the deal is that this stuff, Microsoft is going to integrate this into Office. And that's the plan with, with the chat, G, specifically chat GPT, not the whole mm-hmm. idea in general. And so I think the word hallucinate, my guess is that it came from somebody who was trying to make it sound a little bit off and crazy because that's what that that word suggests. No, honey, it's not from that. It is literally a a word of art in the in the world that they're building Um, because Bard hallucinates, ChatGPT hallucinates. It's like all of them are doing that and they don't really know why. That's it's a really big issue. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So the part about them not knowing why is confusing to me. Because with this version, which is GPT-3, they know why. It's because they've given it a finite amount of information. And then it makes up answers based on that information. With... GPT-4, which is essentially like the new version, um, that may be what they're talking about there. And GPT-4 well, 
is a whole other level. Well, this is this is happening in all of the large language models that are coming out. Like that's what ChatGPT is, and basically users are finding that the bots are, you know, sort of sociopathically and pointlessly embedding plausible sounding random lies within their generated content. Like the way ChatGPT came up with five completely fictional books about a subject matter. Right, right. With five completely fictional authors and the and the subtitles and the the and the blurb about the book. It made the whole thing up to for no point. There's no reason for it to do it. It just did it. Yeah, it just did it. Right. I mean that's that's <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to do that, but that's what it's teaching had it do. So, so one, one group says it's, it's because teaching wasn't sufficient. It's because the, the data is inadequate or insufficient. Yeah. That's training the system. That's yeah. one, one answer maybe. Uh, but they honestly, they're just like, well, it's quite interesting because with this GPT-3 version, which is what chat GPT is, they stopped putting any information as in, I think as, as of September 2021, I think that's what you said. And so there's nothing after that. Like, that's why there's no financial information after that date. And like Nuno looked up somebody's name or something and it came back with like information about this person and we were going oh how did it do that without searching the internet and then we realized probably part of the info the texts that it had been fed was wikipedia entries and this person had a wikipedia entry and it probably pulled from that so it sounded current but it wasn't it was just the info that it had in its database now, how do we use this for investing, which is what interests me? And despite everything I've just said about it being fictional and not reliable, I think for investing, it might actually kind of work for research. And here's why. What some of the texts that they fed it was the SEC files, including annual reports and financial data. And I typed in some stuff to find out, like I just did like basic stuff, like stuff that though you wouldn't get directly from a, uh, like a standard gap filing. So I put in like, what is Apple's free cash flow in 2019? And it told me if it, it found it somewhere and it told me, and then I had it do like I said like what is the average free cash flow for Apple between 2015 and 2020 and this was the greatest part I was expecting it to either say like I don't know or give me a number that was like complete bs what it did was give a number but then the great part was it listed the the free cash flow for each of those years, 2015, 2016, etc., and gave it to me. So it gave me the the source of its average. And then it added a little thing about um or something else that it said like about the free cash flow and whether it had been going like up or down, something like that. So that actually and You'd have to go check it, of course, to make sure that it's giving proper information. But that's actually really fast. 
And it could be useful, I think, because that's like annoying <laughs> to do. So what was the what was the exact question you asked? Um, I asked it, what is Apple's free cash flow or what was Apple's average free cash flow between 2015 and 2020? Uh, okay. I just asked it a different question while you were talking. I asked it, what is the growth rate of free cash flow at Apple from 2015 to 2022? And um, so to calculate the growth rate, you'd need to compare the free cash flow for each year and calculate the compound annual growth rate for the five-year period. Here's an example. Open an Excel spreadsheet, calculate the CAGR. Oh, so it didn't give you the growth rate? Um, it hasn't finished typing yet. Oh, okay. Uh, resulting value would be compound annual growth rate. Again, please note the exact values would depend on financial reports. So it's not telling me. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think it's kind of useful for like quick research that then you would go check. So the last question that Nuna and I asked it, we were like, what can we try that's like harder? That's not just numbers. So we asked, what is, what are Google's concerns regarding ESG? Or like, what are Ooh. Google's ESG concerns? Something like that. Cool. And one, and we didn't put in what that was. We just put ESG. And first of all, it knew what ESG was. It came back with like a full sentence, like Google's environmental, social, and governance concerns are. And then it gave three or four bullet points, which were clearly drawn from the risk factors in the annual report. So it was... And then at the bottom, it said, it said, Google is working hard on improving its governance, social and environmental, da, 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 da. like essentially a marketing line. Because <laughs> ChatGPT doesn't care if Google is working hard. And I didn't ask it if Google was working hard. So it pulled this marketing line from somewhere. Yeah. I'm assuming probably again, <clears throat> like the bottom of the risk factors or like the first line of the annual report or something. And, and gave that as an answer. So I think it's like useful in the sense that it's very quick and I'm not sure it's better than a Google search because you can also get that info really quickly on the yeah. top line of a Google search. Well, speaking of quick, I just, after it wouldn't give me the answer, uh -huh. rather it gave me the formula, I said, please calculate that for me. Uh -huh. And it did. Cool. And it, but it ran it down I could have calculated it faster myself, uh, just opening up a uh, you know any any of our compiled data on on Apple. It would have shown me that in 2015 they had 50 million of free cash flow, in 2020 they had 73 million, and I could calculate the growth rate really quickly. So mm -hmm. it calculated the growth rate. If you want to know, at 7.75 percent is the compound annual free cash flow growth rate for Apple. But what it did that's real interesting is it gives you the entire formula and then plugs in all of the values in the formula, it shows you where to plug in the values. So it could be a that's really good helpful. learning tool in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was actually pretty cool. So, uh, so my takeaway of this whole thing is that what we've got here that you can all, we can all sign up for chat GPT is kind of like a party game. Like it's a bit of a gimmick. What made it popular is that it responds in certain literary styles, and that's funny. So, like, you know, I read a couple articles where it was like, 
I had it give me a Seinfeld script and it gave me one and it was pretty funny and like Jerry made jokes and they sounded like jokes Jerry would say or like uh the one I told you was um I asked it like how to I didn't do this this was uh somebody on Twitter like asked it how do you get a sandwich out of a VCR and respond in the style of the King James Bible (laughs) and it did (laughs) And it gave like biblical sounding prose regarding getting a sandwich out of a VCR, which, as Nuno said, it like had to take these different contexts of its database. So sandwiches, VCRs, King James Bible style of writing, put those things together and it did it decently well. But as I said in the beginning, it's fiction like it it didn't actually really like make a lot of sense as far as actually getting the sandwich out of the VCR. Really? But didn't it, it, didn't it tell you anything you could use? It said something like, I didn't read the whole Twitter thing that said something like, mm. um, like to use a knife and get it out, which isn't the worst idea. Probably wouldn't work, but it's not insane. You know, it didn't say like use a lightsaber or something. It said use a knife. So Yeah. Um, but it, no, it, actually, it's very I'm good actually, with its style. And I think that's fun. Is it useful for us with investing? Another, no, there's another problem. And that's the speed is atrocious uh-huh. from time to time. Like I just asked it to re, to please calculate the growth rate, uh, free cash flow for alphabet from 2015 to 2020. And it's dr- just dragging it out. It's like mm-hmm. I'm watching a teletype machine type out one letter at a time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, uh, and apparently the ability to do this requires, the ability for a company to do this requires unbelievable computing power. And you can imagine the uh, kind of the acceptance rate and the hit rate on that computer or computers mm-hmm. is is going up virally right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't doubt that in a short period of time, this will be non-functional, you know, as, as everybody gets on to how fun it is to play with it. It's going to be like this. I mean, honestly, I could go to a financial data and just calculate this thing myself already easily. Yeah. yeah. So, so I it's think going to be this, interesting to see this how, version, how they make this really useful. Right. So this version is like, eh, kind of interesting, kind of cool. This is not the version that everybody's freaking out over. What everybody's freaking out over as being like a, perhaps a mind of its own and dangerous is GPT-4. And that's oh, really? the one that this I... This is not GPT-4? This is no, GPT-3? This is three. This is like you and I get to play with this. GPT-4 okay. is something on a different level that I was not able to really understand the differences between them in Interesting. You know, my Because it is searching. the case that, that Google is saying, we're not releasing a lot of what this can do. Oh, for sure. Because we're a little nervous about what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I'm hoping Nuno can help us with if we can get him on and he can sort of explain what these differences are. And I think the potential that's there with these new technologies, like this is obviously the direction search will go. It feels very Ask Jeeves from 1999, you know, when it was like so exciting to be able to like, (laughs) you didn't have to put things in quotes anymore. And (laughs) make sure you put your and or your or in the right location um and then google just changed everything so this feels to me like that where it's like 
it's kind of the same-ish results, but in a different way of putting it in, an easier way of I mean, I'm listening your to really smart people be nervous about this, particularly Elon Musk, who has just founded an AI company called X, which I thought is so cool. It's the, uh, the website is x.ai. So mm -hmm. if you put it all together, it's a, it's a word, X-A-I. Kind of cool. <laughs> so, but he's talking, he's very public. How that, do you pronounce that word? Xi? I would guess something like shy, maybe. Like Xavier, right? So Xi? Xi, Xi, something like that. I don't know. Okay. But um, it's a cool word. It's cool looking. <laughs> yeah, so we're sitting there thinking, okay, well, this is really exciting. Let's pull it in and start using it in financial world and so on. But Obviously, there are questions about how um, how this is going to impact people in social media. And this is Elon's point, is that we've just gone through this rather contentious time period where it's pretty clear that social media has been skewed by government forces, by politics, mm. um, and that that's only the beginning, if you can imagine what can happen in social media if you have really, really smart bots that are just creating language about something that's completely false, but doing it in such a way and attributing it to in so carefully mm. that it looks like a fully, you know, baked research paper yeah. and, and attribute it to Harvard and good God, yeah. people will believe it. They'll read it. Well, and, and suddenly it. the whole internet is Wikipedia, right? Which looks oh, interesting. sourced but maybe total crap wow and that's really scary interesting. and that's where oh, i mean that's a whole other thing but to me that's where like critical thinking education is so massively important to learn how to source and critique other sources and uh, understand think, how to about, uh, to discern whether or not something is but really true or not few people will do that be yeah, I mean, I'm totally. About, I'm thinking about it takes COVID, so much time. for example. I'm thinking about COVID, about the research papers that were being written were deep in the weeds of medical research, biomedical research. Like you're and, saying about like what COVID was or, or, no, or I'm about saying vaccines about, or? I'm saying about, yeah, about let's say whether to use a vaccine. Okay. Because many people were very concerned about using a vaccine. Yeah. And so you'd have to dive into the papers that explained why the federal government feels like a vaccine based on mRNA technology is perfectly safe when mm -hmm. one of the people who developed the mRNA, uh, mRNA technology is going wild on the internet, on social media, saying it's not. Right? So you've, you've, got, you've got, okay, is this guy crazy? Um, I mean, it was years ago, and now he's a nutcase. And yeah, I mean, you like, can. Oh, it's all terrible. There's an example or, of that in any context. But that's yeah. to the point of what Elon's talking about is that you're going to get that kind of controversy, and and it's on steroids when you've got bots that are creating mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. and they go deep. They go, they go deeper in terms of their ability to bullshit you. In fact, speaking of bullshitting. Um, one, one of the articles I was just reading is from a website called undark.org talking about the, the word hallucination is the wrong word. It's, you need to use the word bullshit. 
It's like that's about totally these, the better term. The chatbot GPT thing. Yeah, that the chatbots are bullshitting. They yeah, they know are. They don't know, so yeah. they just make shit up. Yeah. Because they don't want to get caught with a gap. Right, because they've been. That's how they were like trained. That, yeah. But then you think of it like that, and you think, "Damn it, that is really starting to sound sentient." Yeah. Right. That's it's what a deliberate effort yeah. to persuade somebody with a willful disregard of the truth. And what that implies is agency. Okay, That's well, not with this one, right? Because it's just like predicting the, the next it word. It does not possess that. But damn, it's starting to look like it will. And so anyway, that's that's Elon's, yeah. Elon's point. That's interesting. Um, and and these guys basically are saying that, you know, chat GPT is not behaving pathologically when it claims the population on Mars is 2.5 billion people, which it has done. Um, right. It's behaving okay. exactly like it was designed to do. In yeah. other words, bullshitting is baked into the design. That's how I've, I, that's how we've. Yes, it is. Absolutely. It's a fiction writer based on the database that it has and a lot of the time it sounds right but it's not always right and it doesn't know whether it's right or not it doesn't care they didn't train it to do that they didn't train it to provide only sourced answers so how are we going to use this thing when chat gpt creates this well, this is, where, this is where I'm saying like ChatGPT is just like a party game, whatever. But what's interesting is the well, technology, because think of if there is an actual sourced database that we trust, we being like you, me and anybody, like we all make a decision about which database to trust, a.k.a. Bloomberg. Bloomberg's working on this, as we talked about last time, to change over their terminals to this sort of technology and that would be so awesome because Bloomberg terminals are so annoying and hard to use. And their database of massive amounts of financial information, stuff that's proprietary to Bloomberg, which is why people pay for a Bloomberg terminal, that you could trust and easily access the information. Boom, like that's a winner. Wait, why can you trust it? When you've got a machine that's built to bullshit. Well, they wouldn't build it to bullshit. That's the point. Oh. Just, just because this one was bullshit. doesn't mean it's just the technology. It's like saying like. Well, you're making the assumption that they actually did that on purpose. I am. Yeah. I'm not sure that they did. Because here's, I think here's they a real did. I, th I think they I mean, didn't really care. Think about the problem that you put in all this drug information and then you get a bot that says that's organized toward just handling medical facts on the fly. And it tells you what drug regimen to use for a patient in the exam room next door. You go and you're a harried resident in a hospital, you bang this into the bot, out comes it spits this drug regimen, you go in and use it and the patient dies. Why would anybody, what are you talking about? Why would anybody I'm do that? I'm talking about using this thing the way people are going to use it in the future. No they, one's going to use ChatGPT to decide medications. It's coming, if a doctor does God. that, they should have their license pulled. This is no, not it's, for that. You just said they're <laughs> going to be using ChatGPT to decide information financially. Not ChatGPT, the right. generative bot, language bot, technology. I got it. A bot. Yeah. They're going to be using some future bot to generate answers. 
financially. Yeah, well, think about it. Why so, okay, in the medical world, I don't actually know if this is true, but let's assume there's some kind of searchable database of medications that a doctor can use. I would imagine that they have that. So all they would do is switch over the search to be this language generative language system, and then they would have the database be the database they have of the medications, and they would have the answers come out in the form of natural language instead of in whatever form I, it is now. I think you better, you, we all better check your assumption that just because it's, not it's an a assumption. restricted database, yeah, you're making the assumption that a restricted database somehow eliminates hallucinating. It somehow eliminates yeah, bullshitting. Yeah, it's not an assumption. I'm saying that's the only way that's that a, they would allow that to be used for medical choices. In other so words, the, the fact that, that GPT-4 is, is that doing more than are, that I'm just going to talk right is the, the is the issue. Because you know you just keep talking. <laughs> you you don't seem to to be getting my point. That my point is these things aren't controlled. You can't have not bullshitting bot i hear you is, is you can't point. have you believe you can't have a non-bullshitting bot so far you i can. hear you all right good and what i'm saying is mm. that i think you can if they design it properly okay so there we have it there we have we it. have we have <laughs> me being skeptical that it's even possible to design something that complicated that clearly defined and that you can always trust what comes out of it because it could never bullshit. And my view, skeptical that that's possible. So Fair there enough. You go. There, there's so I think is. that's I think this this uh, point that we're talking about is exactly the point of like the pain point of GPT four is that people want to use its massive computing power but are not sure that it will not respond with bullshit. That's the issue with GPT-4. Exactly right what on. you're saying. Right on. Yeah. And uh, we shall see. We shall because see. Because if they can't fix it, this could be extremely dangerous. That's that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. All right, we've gone. It's, it's not going to go back into over. the covers. Okay, we got to stop. All right. <laughs> you guys, this is fun. I hope you have fun trying to figure out the right answer on GPT. Go use it for what it's useful for. Check yeah, everything. Don't it believe answers. it. Don't, don't believe, believe it. it. Exactly. Do your own work. Exactly. Right. Time to go play. Hopefully we'll get more info soon on potential ways to use it for good, for yes. finding the next great, for amazing company. Good. For good. For good. Okay. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hi guys, thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding, they really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important, it's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only 
and I really hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>